2: Hi, everybody. We have a really great episode for you today, as per usual. If I yeah, don't say so, so myself, you can
3: count on it. It's so <laughs> good.
0: I learned a lot. Sammy is the best. And I fucking thank love you, her. Henley. And emily is also the fucking best
2: and i just love you too so much we all love each other i also
3: love love our patrons (laughs) yeah i love our patrons
2: we love we love our patrons very much and uh we have a, a a new few members of tony fucking collette's inner circle tony called they answered and they are rosie valencia kate alex h and maddie welcome to the apex welcome we love you and we're very happy to have you here we love you we
3: love you and we're so happy to have you and there are a few people who um tony called and they didn't answer at first they're busy they're doing something else mm-hmm. they were, <laughs> they were out, in boats. Out, and, out in boats and stuff and then then tony was like no Mm, I need them, and then she called back, and they answered the call, and now they're in Tony fucking Colette's in our circle, and we're also thrilled to have them. They are Corin Fleming, Sarah, and Melissa Andrade. Welcome to Welcome. the Apex. Welcome. We love you, and we are so happy that you are
2: here. You've reached the Apex, Woo-hoo. and oh, it's so great. You guys are going to love it. It's so great. <laughs> and you're also going to love this episode, and here it is. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy, and you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch.
3: Welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch, the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves. I'm Emily, and I am too scared to watch scary movies.
2: I'm Henley, and I'm also too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Sammy. I like watching scary movies, and I watch them so you don't have to.
1: Ooh! (gasps) Ooh, Sammy,
2: you, all of you,
3: You. everybody (laughs) out there. The impersonal you. (laughs) (laughs) To whomever, it applies.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Um, was that the proper use of whomever? Yes. Oh, whom throws me every time. Whomst knows, you know? Whomst knows. (laughs)
0: Honestly, whomst knows. Um, what is up with us? Um, Well, we had a great week because Sammy's documentary came out this week. It did! For those of you who haven't watched it yet, I know a lot of you have because you sent us messages on our Instagram, which made us very happy. Um, Yeah, very sweet. So sweet for all those who watched. Um, It is on the Discovery Channel app, which is called Discovery Plus. You can download it, get a free seven-day trial, baby, Uh and uh um, watch Sammy's uh, amazing documentary, Attack of the Murder Hornets. Is it murder? Yeah. Is it? It's Hornets plural, right? Or is Hornets it... plural? Okay, fact, that's right. Oh, there's more
3: than one. There's more than one. <laughs> there's more than one. <laughs>
0: um, guys, it's a must see. It's so fucking good. I love it so every cool. second of it.
2: It's so. Um, it's so. Good. I saw that the entomology community is pretty mad about the title of movie because um, you know the 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 name murder hornet ha- the entomologists in the movie all said like they had a, a mixed feelings about it cuz it's what got everyone's attention and what kind of got all this public support but it's also creating a lot of fear that's pretty unnecessary um and we get into that in the doc so yes. if these entomologists would just watch it
3: look you're not going to title the movie a movie about some bugs that could be scary but don't worry it's all fine you can't <laughs> yeah. you can't call it that you
2: gotta have a snappy title You've got we gotta to get those eyeballs title. on the screen
3: get those clicks <laughs> get those clicks
2: um some other movie news that happened this week is, well, first of all, they announced that the next Ari Aster film will be starring Joaquin Phoenix. Pretty cool. Another, Another A24 pick. Wow. Unclear if it's a horror. I couldn't quite tell. I
3: feel like Ari Aster's not going to not make a horror, right? He said
2: he might not make a horror. Yeah, he said he was oh. hoping his next movie would be a comedy, but I kind of feel like he's he's got to make a horror.
0: Walking yeah. yeah. Phoenix. <laughs> Phoenix is just like I I really enjoy him as an actor, but he also is just a creepy dude. I feel mm-hmm. like he has a me. heavy
3: presence.
2: Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: So even if it's not a horror movie, I feel like this movie will have be creeped. Out. Yeah, they'll be, be, be creepy, creepy vibes for sure with ari aster walking phoenix combo yeah
2: yeah yeah but uh, either i'm gonna see it i'm excited definitely gonna see it and well maybe not but you know what i mean we'll we'll probably talk about it (laughs) if it is a horror um and more important movie news Paddington Three is officially in the works. Oh my god! I
3: mean, the, be- the biggest, best news of the whole freaking year. It
2: really brightened my day on a day that I was feeling really stressed. My friend texted me the article, and I was like, "Oh, thank you! Like, this is what I needed." Incredible, to feel incredible better. news! And I must say, we had some 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 really good casting suggestions. So, anyone yes. out there who's casting for Paddington Three, yes, casting
3: team for Paddington Three, if you listen are up. listening, and I believe that you are. Um, we have some thoughts, and they are very good. In fact, I would like one of each of these movies,
2: please. Mm-hmm. we We know that you know it's it's all about all about the villain in the Paddington movies. so some yes. some villain ideas we had were uh matt Barry is 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 would be great, but would he's maybe great. not fame not famous enough. he
3: might not be a famous enough follow to Hugh Grant.
2: So, how's this for famous?
3: Keanu. <laughs> Keanu. Keanu would be amazing. <laughs> ever heard of him? Have you ever? I don't even have to say his last name because you know. <laughs> That's the kind of name we're talking about here.
2: Uh, Jeff Goldblum, Olivia Coleman. Oh, great Olivia Valor. Coleman
3: would be great.
2: Um, great. And our probably favorite suggestion <laughs> our favorite Rob, Rob Pattinson. I mean, doing his British accent. Oh I would love my to see it.
1: God.
3: <laughs> I if he does Batman and Paddington three back to back, <laughs> I'll have to find him and marry him. I will have to. <laughs> Are you listening, Rob? If that's what you want, here's the choice you
2: gotta make. <laughs> make it happen, make it happen. Um and you know, we gotta always um Throw our support behind Tony Collette. She can do no wrong. Oh, sh- she would, oh, al- she she would be also be great. so good. <laughs> she would also be great. God. So that's our suggestions, uh, m- listeners. Make listeners and casting, <laughs> make it happen.
3: I'm not saying that we should have final say, but I think the suggestions speak for themselves.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. What else happened to us this week? Anything? What? Yeah. What's up, Emily? Anything happened with you?
3: Um, well, I got this big old. I have it just sitting next to me, by Pierre Quinces, this guide to tarot cards. It's like a whole big manual. I, it's one of those things, have you had this happen in quarantine where you will order something and immediately forget and then it shows up on your door and you're like, what did I get? Um, that happened <laughs> mm-hmm. with this, even though two oh two days passed between the ordering and the arrival. Um, <laughs> but it showed up and I was like, oh yeah, I was so excited about that. Um, and I really am excited so far. I've only read a few pages because it's like, you know, it's kind of textbooky, and you gotta, you gotta take it all in. But I'm really excited to learn more about tarot on my coffee table currently i have this tarot book a tarot deck an enneagram book and uh, two astrology books so i've really leaned into a kind of lady and um
2: and i feel great about it yeah i'm excited because there's a lot to know about tarot and i get intimidated
3: there's a lot to know i just want to have a more intuitive understanding you can do
0: tarot readings from afar right can you do can we do some tarot tarot readings for myself (laughs) yes
3: yes please
0: i really feel like that needs to happen asap
3: we should start doing that i love it so much all right get to get to studying get to i'm gonna get to i'm gonna get to studying (laughs) i'll get to it but first i gotta do this podcast
2: (laughs) yeah baby (laughs) yes you do and let me tell you what we'll be talking about today We are recapping Night of the Living Dead, a classic horror film from 1968, probably the oldest one we've done on our main feed. We did Psycho as a bonus episode. Uh, It is directed by George Romero, written by John Russo and George Romero, starring Dwayne Jones, Judith Odea, Carl Hardman, Marilyn Eastman, Keith Wayne, and Judith Riley. Two Judiths.
3: Oh, that must have been confusing. Ju- I was Judith.
2: Seems like a name in the '60s for sure. Yeah, a lot of Judys for sure. A lot of Judiths.
3: <laughs> I knew a Judith in high school, but that's rare.
2: Yeah, Jim not as Judy. common of a name. Anyway, now, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's available on Amazon Prime and Epics If you had have that oh, two that month trial yeah. last month, I mean last week's episode, and on HBO Max, it's like it's like streaming on a lot of different that's channels. Cool. So. If anybody wants to watch it there's a way great but I yeah I had never seen this movie and I probably honestly never would have if it wasn't for this podcast I don't usually go back and watch movies that are this that old. old which yeah. sounds dumb I feel like it makes me sound dumb but <laughs> I just don't have a short attention span And we've talked a little bit about this yeah. before it's it's it's, it's, a, it's a different it's a different kind viewing of movie. Yeah, exactly
3: it's not like better or worse it's just you have to be ready for a different.
2: And movie I will experience. say, you know, I, I, I'm never in the mood for it, but whenever I do it, I always enjoy it. It's like that. I think there's also something to be said where if you grew up like as a kid or
0: you wouldn't necessarily watch this movie as a kid. But if you were if your parents or whatever show showed you movies that were from a different era, it's like Mm -hmm. more fun to rewatch them as an adult. But Mm -hmm. like for like nostalgic reasons, but coming to it cold, like after watching like 45 minutes of TikTok videos and then trying to watch a movie. (laughs) from yeah, like the 1960s I only
3: mission impossibles on repeat so yeah that's like not the same kind of movie i'm looking at tom cruise flying a helicopter like over and over and over again
2: <laughs> yeah but you know that's a it's 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 very good and it's it it is fun to watch these movies that kind of became such influences for other movies to come and like seeing mm-hmm. kind of the beginnings of some of these tropes and this is a zombie movie and I'm sure influenced every zombie movie that came after it so mm-hmm. that stuff is all very cool well folks another week another cocktail that's right it's cocktail hour this week we are making a Kool-Aid which I have taken upon myself to rename Gool aid <laughs> To make a goulade, you will need one and a half ounces of vodka, three quarters an ounce of Midori, three quarters an ounce of disserono, a half an ounce of fresh squeezed lime juice, two ounces cranberry juice, and one ounce fresh squeezed orange juice. You will shake all those ingredients with ice and strain into an ice-filled Collins glass and garnish with a lime wedge. Cheers.
3: I'm very curious. I guess we will do it in our bonus episodes. because this is what we've been doing. But now that we're talking about it, I'm like, I want to know where zombies as an idea for horror movies started because it's a whole thing. People love zombies. Mm-hmm. There's like a fear, I feel like, that people have in real life that like zombie apocalypse is a thing that could happen. I don't really understand how that's possible. but But zombies are such like a staple of the horror world. And I'm sort of like, where did, why?
0: So I actually know the answer to this.
3: <gasps> Henley! <laughs> <laughs> wow, I got to start asking more questions because you just never know when someone's going to write, have the answer immediately.
0: Well, so after doing a little digging into this movie, something that I discovered. Well, first of all, even though this is technically a zombie film, they never use the word zombie True. throughout they the say entire ghoul. movie. They call it a ghoul. Ghoul. They call it a ghoul, um, but zombies uh, initially are come from Haitian culture. Mm -hmm. Um, So it arises from Haitian folklore in which a zombie is a a dead body reanimated through various methods, most commonly magic. So that's where the term zombie came from. However, that history has really been like co-opted, erased,
2: erased 100%. Right. They're like, we like this. We'll
0: take this. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And never give credit uh, where credit's due. Very
3: unlike... American European American white colonizers
2: is, that, is, that is weird to hear that that happened yeah Very
3: unexpected.
2: Also,
0: also, like a a, a key difference is that in Haiti, it's like, you know, people become zombies through like magic or through voodoo or whatever. And now in American culture, it's through like usually scientific methods or just a different Mm, mm -hmm. it's right. Yeah. um, Totally
3: different. (laughs) (laughs) And
0: so they've really yeah, they've really made it their own here in America. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But. Anyway, yeah, so that's that's interesting. And also, I think, relevant in this movie because there's uh, the main character, the hero of the movie is Black. Yeah. Which yeah, was... In 1968. In 1968. Yeah. Which George Romero says, like, he didn't give one thought to that when he cast him over right. and over again. People are like, oh, was this an intentional choice? And he was like, no, like, uh, th- I, this movie had nothing to do with race, which just feels like... Oh, is that is he was he being honest?
1: Or... I think he is
2: being honest, and I think it just like unintentionally became a different movie. Like people take so much. Like I think if he had cast it with a white lead, it still would be a good movie, but it wouldn't have as much significance in in film history and in obviously in black like representation in film. Is this is the first black lead in a horror film
3: mm-hmm. ever? Mm -hmm. And
2: And the last one for a long time. Right. And he said that Dwayne Jones was just the best actor for the part. Mm -hmm. Imagine that. Right. Right. So, but yes, obviously the the context of what was happening at the time adds, you know, different meaning to it.
3: When I'm sure the actor was thinking about that, I mean... Yeah, I mean, we'll get into the plot of the movie, but there are
0: interviews with the actor where he was like, yeah, I was definitely thinking about
3: this throughout <laughs> the entire
0: filming of the movie. And there is one moment where um while they were filming, he was actually in a car driving somewhere with another actor and they were harassed by a group of teenagers who came at them with uh, metal pipes or something. And he was like, this is crazy. I've been playing a character all day who's trying to be off zombies with metal pipes. And now I have to come out and be a, just Attacked a human being by, yeah. right. in the real world. And I'm facing something just as terrifying, like in my day-to-day life. Like, right. but, like for him. the
3: for the people who probably wrote the movie and made the movie other than him, it's just like, isn't this, what would be wild in this zombie movie? Let's <laughs> yeah. And then that's his actual lived experience of like, <laughs> as we've said many times, the world is the more, more horrifying thing. Reality is the
2: scariest.
0: Mm -hmm. Right, Reality is definitely the scariest.
2: I I read that it that zombies can be kind of metaphors for a few different things. And I think you can, as a viewer, take from Mm -hmm. it what you will. But this one did seem more like it's a metaphor, obviously, for what was the civil rights movement and what's happening in in Mm -hmm. America in the 60s. And then... Mm -hmm. What were some other ones? It was like, oh, someone, it was, it was like a loss, the fear of the loss of your control of yourself and Mm -hmm. that how that could relate to slavery and like Mm -hmm. not being in control of your own body. Yes. And then also relevant to right now, it can be, it can be a fear of, you know, mass epidemics and
0: yeah also, at the time when the movie was released, a lot of people drew the connection to the Vietnam War um mm. and saying that it was like representing war on American soil. Um, and I don't know exact I don't know exactly what all the connections are there, but people were saying that it people reminded were them, them. <laughs> people were making those connections. Um, okay. and people were also making the connections that it's an allegory for counterculture. Again, you know, I'd have to do that a little thinking. That just feels like a
3: sentence. Like, <laughs> yeah, just a little <laughs> thinking on that for a second. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's a sentence you put in an essay in high school and it's like, what are you trying to say? <laughs> but, okay, can I just tell you guys my favorite
0: fun fact about this film please okay so the u.s movie rating system was instituted on november 1st 1968 and this film was released on october 1st 1968 so one month before any kind of rating system was put into place Mm -hmm. so when this movie premiered it premiered as a matinee and all (laughs) these kids went to go see it like children like children and in robert ebert what's his name roger ebert what's his name roger Roger ebert Ebert, i just forgot his name um in his review which first of all like roger ebert damn he's been around for fucking ever i mean i know he's passed away now but like holy shit he reviewed this film in 1968 um he says the whole review is basically about how he was just in a movie theater with a bunch of kids and there was only like a few adults in the entire theater and like how it was really fun for the first half and the kids were really enjoying it and then by the second half like things really take a turn and kids were just silent and (gasps) weeping like (gasps) weeping and like kids had to got up and left and he was like This is fucked up. Like, it was really (laughs) hard to watch it with all these children in the theater. Isn't that crazy? I bet.
3: Yeah. How traumatizing. Interesting. Imagine there being no ratings for movies. Not that I think ratings always make the most sense, but at least it gives you, like, an idea. Mm Mm-hmm. Being like, I don't know, Night of the Living Dead? I could probably bring my kid to that. (laughs) They're
2: like, yeah, (laughs) kids, go watch that. Like, their parents aren't even with them. I was going to (laughs) say, the title could have been a clue. I know. Could have been a clue. Some some other trivia I got is the the budget was $114,000, which in today's uh money in today's money <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> would be $847,400. Well, still and not a lot of money in today's money. I know. And also like just is so crazy that paranormal activity was made for 15,000. Yeah. <laughs> like Wow. It just blows my mind every time I remember. Every time. It's amazing. Um, And this movie went on to make $30 million, which... In today's money? to In, in then-day's money. In then-day's money. And today's money, that would be $223.6 million. So it made 263 Whoa. times its budget. Damn. In any day's money. In any day's money. That, wow. That, that translates across time. <laughs> wow. So big success. A big success, one of the most successful independent movies of all time. And unfortunately, George Romero saw very little profit from the film due to his lack of knowledge regarding distribution deals that distributors walked away with practically all of the profits.
3: (laughs) Oh, very cool. Corporations are good. They know what's up. (laughs) Gotta love
2: corporations. Uh, This is just kind of funny. Screenwriter John Russo appears as a zombie in the film who gets killed with a tire iron. And he also allowed himself to be set on fire for real when nobody else wanted to do the stunt. George Romero approved of his co-writer's zombie walk. And Russo stated, I was probably hungover.
0: <laughs> oh my God. I okay, would, man. That's real that's that's very courageous to agree to be lit on fire in nineteen sixty eight. Feels yeah. like they haven't in, in mm. these
2: actors' rights times, yeah. I, it's also, a shock that he didn't die. When I'm hungover,
3: I like can't get out of bed. Imagine being like, <laughs> oh, I was hungover. Yeah, light me on fire. Like <laughs> <Yeah. the> fire. <laughs> what? I
0: know. I kind,
2: I kind of get it. I went skydiving hungover once and I was like, not afraid at all. I was like, yeah, who cares? (laughs) Because you're like, I just want to kill myself. I feel like dying inside anyways. (laughs) I'm already Um, dead. Whatever.
0: (laughs) Emily, Emily, you will appreciate this, but uh, Bosco chocolate syrup was used to simulate blood in the film. So you don't need to worry about any of the blood. It's all chocolate syrup. It's all chocolate syrup.
3: (laughs) Is it black and white?
0: Yes, you can get away with that when you're making it black and and white. white. Not as much when it's not.
2: Nope. (laughs) That's all I got. So, shall we watch the trailer? trailer? I watched the trailer before to make sure it, like, isn't one of those that gave everything away. And I think you guys are going to like it.
1: (laughs) I don't know know how I feel
2: about
3: that.
1: Welcome to a night of total terror. (laughs) Night of the living dead. The dead who live on living flesh. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. The living whose bodies are the only food for these. Ungodly creatures, (coughs) Night of the Living Dead, a bizarre adventure in fear, an experience in shock. More shattering than your strangest nightmare. Night of the living dead. A night with the dead who cannot die. A night of total terror. Night of the Living Dead. I fucking
3: love that. (laughs) The copy, the copy in that trailer. Night of the Living Dead, the dead who live, who should be dead. They hunt the live, the live who live, but are going to be dead from the death of the dead. Night.
1: Of the Living Dead. <laughs> over and over and over again. Over and over, if and over leave, oh, again.
3: If you live, you might die from the dead who live but are alive and should be dead night of the living dead. Oh my god.
0: Yeah.
2: You're I right. Really, I loved I loved that, was that trailer. That was I, knew, I knew you guys were gonna like it. That's what all trailers should be like. Yes, trailer editors take fucking <laughs> note. Screenwriters oh my god. take note. Screenwriters take note. We Everybody. loved it.
3: We loved it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I couldn't tell why it was making me laugh so hard. I couldn't put my finger on it. I guess because they were just he was just saying nonsense words. Like <laughs> they
3: were too- I feel like I feel like they just told this guy to fucking go for it and there was no script. <laughs> There's he was no like script
2: man just okay, wing it. Uh, <laughs> so what's this movie about? Okay.
3: Got it, got it, got it, got it.
2: <laughs> oh, oh boy. Well, did it look spooky? I was so scared. I was so scared. It's great. This is this has really really set the tone for us.
3: Perfect. I cannot wait.
2: Let's dive in.
0: It's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging? big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet. So you get a box of the market's best quality wines however often you'd like for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website. And put in Too Scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com Too Scary and use the code and password Too Scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time that's slash Too Scary code and password Too Scary Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Let's dive right in.
2: All right. So we start with a car driving down pretty rural roads. Rural roads. Rural
1: roads.
3: (laughs) The dead are dead. They cannot die. We are alive. They hunt (laughs) the living living dead.
2: On rural roads, they hunt the living. Rural roads. Rural roads. Oh, God um and inside the car are a brother and sister named john and barbara they're in pennsylvania um and they are driving to visit their father's grave and john the brother is kind of complaining like oh like it's so far we you know we come here for 15 minutes but it's six hours you know or three hours each way so six hours round trip to get here and I guess their mom wants them to, like, it makes her, their mom happy, so she goes out, so they go out and refresh the flowers on his grave every once in a while. They're adults, I am just trying to think of their ages, they are not mm. like teenagers, they seem like adults, although somewhere in the trivia it said that another pair of people in the movie are are teenagers and they don't look like teenagers to me. So maybe teenagers in the 60s looked We've like full about adults.
3: this th- th- yes, in old movies all the teenagers look like grown ass adults. <laughs> yeah, what is
2: that? Why does that happen? I don't know. I so don't maybe know. these are supposed to be teenagers. I don't know. They lo- it looks like a woman and a man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, got it. But um so as they're about to as they they pull up to the cemetery and they're about to get out of the car. The radio kind of turns on and Barbara's already out of the car. John is still in the car. And he's like, oh, Barbara, the radio came back on finally. And you, we hear through the radio, like, we're back after experience some, experiencing some, like, unexplained technical difficulties. And he's like, oh, whatever. Great. It's back on. Turns it off. Gets out of the car. They start walking towards their father's grave and um they set flowers down on it and barbara kind of kneels and prays and john is kind of making fun of her like church was this morning it's like <laughs> he's being kind of a her at their dad's They're... grave which yeah is not, like now's a, not the time to dude let her pray um and he's kind of messing around And says, remember when we were kids and I hid behind that tree and I popped out at you and scared you real bad. And grandpa got so mad at me and he shook his fist at me (laughs) and said that I would I would be damned to hell for what I did and geez grandpa Wait, it's also funny remember how like shaking your
0: fist at someone used to be a thing you uh-huh. could do if you were uh-huh. mad at them mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm gonna shake bring it back ass. i'm gonna start shaking
2: my fist at people when i'm really
0: mad it really feels like an old timey thing to do it like, does. shake
2: your fist let's let's bring it back let's bring okay. it back <laughs> <laughs> um and while they're having this conversation we see a man kind of walking around the cemetery in a zigzaggy pattern uh-oh. As John is reminding Barbara of this time when they were kids, she's like, stop it, Johnny, stop it. And he says, he says, oh, my God, Barbara, you're still scared, aren't you? And she's just creeped out there in a cemetery. It's a spooky place. And she's getting irritated with him says, you know, it's stop. daytime. It's daytime. Um, but she's still a little, she's still a little freaked and she tells him to quit it and he messes with her more and he says, Ooh, they're coming to get you, Barbara, which I feel like is a pretty famous line. It like seemed familiar, seemed familiar to me. Um,
3: somebody quotes that in another movie or something.
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm sure because this is a, is a famous movie, but yeah, it like it gave me déjà vu and I wish I could remember what other movie it is. Listeners, tell us cuz I'm sure you know. Tell us. Um and he's kind of chasing after her and saying they're coming to get you. Like they're here, Barbara, and he points to the man that's walking around and says, "There's one now." And he he runs off and she's kinda, she's embarrassed, feels like, "Oh, he's humiliated her in front of this man." And he's walking to the car johnny's walking to the car she kind of bumps into the man and he attacks her and we get a look at his face and he's kind of uh dark circles around his eyes looks like his cheeks are sunken in know, i mean 60s makeup it's it's not like The Walking Dead. <laughs> it's not convincing. <laughs> uh, he's selling it, though. He's, he's, doing mm-hmm. he's doing pretty good. He's doing pretty good.
1: He's doing pretty good.
2: And she starts screaming. Johnny realizes that uh, he's attacking her. He runs back, pulls the guy off of Barbara. They get in a fight. Barbara's super freaked out. Uh, they're kind of wrestling back and forth. And then the the, we'll call him the ghoul, the ghoul knocks Johnny over and his head hits a tombstone and he he gets unconscious, knocked out. Mm. And Barbara can see that he's not getting up and the ghoul is and the ghoul is now coming for her. And so she runs to the car and gets in and locks the doors and the keys aren't in the car. John, Johnny has the keys on him. Mm. And so the ghoul approaches the car. And starts kind of banging on the windows. It's going circling the car, banging from all sides. Cool shots from inside of the car of it it just attacking from all sides. And then it picks up a rock and smashes the window of the car, the passenger side window. She's in the driver's seat. She realizes, oh, fuck, I got to get out of here. And she just releases the brake and just starts rolling away. They're parked kind of at the top of a small hill. So she just... It's like, "Well, I got to go." And she starts She left her brother? She left her brother and she starts rolling down this hill and pretty quickly crashes into a tree. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which ah. I read in the trivia that someone actually did crash this car um on set and so they like wrote it into the script and they were like, "Oh, well, now that we have a crashed car, like might as well."
3: <laughs> might okay. we make most of it.
2: Mhm. Yeah. Resourceful. And uh, so she just gets out of the car and starts running. The ghoul is still pursuing her, so she just makes a run for it. She spots a farmhouse nearby, and it's kind of banging on the doors. Nobody's answering, and she sees th- the ghoul approaching again. So she just she just goes in and locks the door behind her, and she's in this house, and seemingly nobody else is in there. She's kind of going room to room, checking. She's completely panicked, so freaked out. And she's kind of exploring each room, and it gets really quiet. And she goes into one room, and there's animal heads mounted on the walls, and it goes like... (laughs) It's like a really... It's it's a pretty pretty loud jump scare. And I'll tell you, it it got me. It got me. Mm -hmm. But nobody's in there. She kind of checks room to room. But then she's looking out the window and we can see the the ghoul looking in window to window and trying to figure out a way in and she finds a telephone picks up the phone starts trying to dial 911 phone line's dead she can't use it and the sun's starting to set it's getting darker and then the she sees more ghouls coming and and we get right into it. Mm-hmm. Oh, scary ghouls! And so she she starts to run upstairs, and at the top of the stairs there is what looks like a decomposed human skull, and it is, I guess, the woman who lived there. And it's how George Romero built this little made this little head he used ping pong balls for the eyes. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> But it totally freaks her out. She starts screaming and she tries to run out the front door. And as she's running out, headlights come shining towards her. And out of this car that's pulling up comes Ben, Dwayne Jones. And he kind of pushes her back inside, closes the door behind him. And the music in this scene is so disorienting and uh aggressive. It's like it's just like almost sounds like TV static, but it's really loud. Mm, it like made me feel very uncomfortable. It's effective in the scene because it makes you feel very stressed. It's very stressful music that has no like melody to it. It's just like <sighs> it's just noise. Ew. And so Ben gets in, his name is Ben Dwayne Jones, and he comes in and Seems like he's he's got a plan. He's on a mission. Like he's a lot more with it than Barbara, who is like completely not, not
3: surprised by the ghouls. Perhaps,
2: yeah. Or just like he's got better kind of survival instincts. It seems Barbara is just kind of walking around, screaming and crying. And and Ben is like like stay with me here. Like we need to figure out what to do. And he's like checking the checking the phones. He's like, I'm guessing you already tried that. And um. Basically, at, upon his arrival, Barbara kind of turns just like catatonic, like she was uh, in a bit of a survival mode. And now that someone else is there, it's almost like she just like she's like, OK, great. Like, here I go. I'm going to turn off.
0: <laughs> she's and, like someone else is in charge, mm-hmm. taking the reins. Yeah.
2: And I mean, she's in she is in complete shock. Shock. Yeah. But yeah, she is no help at all to Ben, who is like (laughs) desperately like, this is a pretty serious situation. I could use some help. (laughs) (laughs) And she's just kind of walking around the house looking at things and (laughs) like really. Oh, cool.
3: You're good. I'm going to take a tour. (laughs)
2: She's like, look at that. Oh, look at that door
0: over there.
2: Uh And eventually she kind of comes, she comes to for a minute and says, I, or she just starts freaking out. Like, I think she, I think she says, like, Johnny's out there. Johnny's out there. Like, she remembers, like, she needs to go back to get Johnny. She's like, I gotta go. I gotta go out. And he like holds her back. He's like, No, you can't go. Can't go out there. Oh, and at this point, there's only three of them. Three of the ghouls outside, and so uh Ben is kind of he's trying to calm her down. And he says, there's only three out there. I can take three. I can do, I can handle this. Like, you need to stay in here. Stay calm. I'm going to go handle those three. And like sets her, seats her down and goes outside with a tire iron and just bashes in the skulls of three, three ghouls. And are they slow moving? They are slow moving, but they are determined. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) They're hungry
3: What they lack in speed they make up for in ambition Mm -hmm, Exactly
2: Mm -hmm. As he is outside bashing bashing some skulls We see one has come in through the back door And is sneaking up on Barbara Who is just sitting in a chair Oblivious And Ben comes back inside Right at the last second And Phew Freaking kills that one too Bashes his head in Barbara stares at this now dead ghoul, and Ben says, "Don't look at it and drags it outside by his by his ankles and lights it on fire and puts Whoa. it like a, in front of the front door of the house and the there's like another ghoul out there now approaching, and you can see that it is kind of repelled by the fire once it sees the fire it's it kind of Backs off.
3: So we're we're getting the sense that Ben has dealt with this before.
2: Yeah, he seems to be yeah more knowledgeable and just resourceful. More resourceful, yeah, yeah. So then he, he after he he puts the the body on fire outside. He then goes back inside, closes the door, and he ba- he says to to Barbara like, "We need to board up the windows. We'll we can be safe in here." If we board up the windows, like we'll be, we'll be safe, and we'll be able to wait it out here until someone comes to rescue us. And this isn't his house. This isn't his house. No, I, and I think at, at some point she, Barbara, shows him the the dead body upstairs. Yeah, and so it's just them two in there, and he's trying to he, trying to get her to help him board up the windows. She is no help at all. And he kind of like grabs her by the shoulders and is like, listen, like, I know you're afraid. I'm afraid, too. And like, it's really important that we work together right now. And that's how we're going to stay safe. And that's how we're going to get out of this is if you help me just board up the windows. Like, could you look for some some wood that we could use to board up the windows? And she kind of like nods like, yeah, okay, okay," And he like is is breaking a table he's taking indoor doors off hinges to like nail them across other doors and she like goes to the fireplace and gets pieces of kindling <laughs> And so she... a pretty
3: progressive film for black people not so much for women
2: <laughs> yeah and apparently I guess her character was written as more competent and that this actress this is just what she did and they were
3: no I don't think she would be I think she's gonna be inept <laughs> just feels right
2: yeah and I read something that in the trivia that in the Night of the Living Dead remake in the 90s that they kind of went back to the uh, the, the in, in initial plan of having her be more badass. Um, there's also quite a few sequels to this movie um, hmm. that I don't know their names. I think there are three sequels or three total. I'm sorry, I didn't look it up. I don't know, but I think Day of the Dead dawn of the dead who knows i feel like some of those are sequels for them for sure oh is dawn of the dead a sequel for this i know that day of the dead is dawn of the dead i'm not positive
3: it'd be crazy if those were unrelated movies night of the living dead day of the dead dawn of the dead that must be by the way we're coming for you Barb. they're coming for you barbara it's from sean of the dead
2: ah that makes sense that makes a lot of sense. That's a clever uh, clever clever line for them to use in that movie. It's very appropriate. (laughs) So she like brings her little pile of kindling and sets it on the table next to him. (laughs) It's very funny. And he just kind of looks at it and is like, okay, great. That's going to be a really big help. And he's, (laughs) he's boarding up the windows and doors, hammering. She kind of is like helping him hold a door for a bit. And He starts telling her his story of the events leading up to where they are now. He says, I was at a diner and um, all of a sudden this this huge truck started barreling down the road and those things were following it. I couldn't see them at first, but I knew something was wrong by the way the truck was the truck was like driving out of control. And then it drove through a gas station and caught on fire. I didn't know if the truck was going to explode. I, I ran out to a, to a car outside that had a radio to hop in to like listen to the radio to see if anything was going on. And that's when I heard these events were happening all over. And I went to turn to go back into the diner to try to get someone to help. But the diner was encircled by those things already. And so I had no choice but to just get into the car and drive and I d- had to drive through them and they didn't even move, try to move out of the way. They were walking towards my car as I was driving at them, just plowing through them. And so and he says, and this is where I learned that they were af- afraid of fire because the truck was on fire and they kind of stayed away from that. So um, so he's had he's had a, a run in with them and. He finished, finishes telling this story and then Barbara starts to slowly tell his, tell her story and she says, I, I was in the cemetery with, with my brother, with Johnny, and Johnny said, can I have some candy? And I said, we don't have any candy, Johnny. And I don't think these things happened. And it's really weird. <laughs> I watched it twice to see if maybe I missed it. And I can't tell if these are things that she's referring to that happened before, you know, on the drive over. But it's it's kind of effective because it just makes her seem like she is, she is really not doing well. And he's like, and then he well, Let w- me take you back to where it all started
3: <laughs> Days ago I asked my brother For candy and he said, but I didn't have any candy <laughs> Also, I getting, sleep And then I woke up the next day And I still wanted the candy getting,
0: getting Ben's story also is scary Because it makes you realize that this is Like a pervasive issue, it's not just Happening to them, it's happening everywhere
3: Yeah, I love that like- trope in horror movies Where it's like, oh this is beyond what we're even just seeing Mm
2: -hmm. like there's no
3: escape there's Mm -hmm. no escaping it it's everywhere
2: yeah spooky yeah yeah and she she says um then we were at we were at the cemetery and he was he was messing with me and i said stop it johnny stop that johnny And he said, there's one of them right over there. And I just walked over to the man to try to apologize to him. And then I said, excuse me, mister. my brother didn't mean it. And like, none of that happened. So she's just kind of, I don't know, in a different little reality. In shock. Well, I mean, she's in shock. It's it's effective because it's like unsettling to see her say things that didn't Didn't happen. happen. Yeah. And uh, you see Ben kind of looking at her she's getting more distressed as she is retelling and she starts kind of clawing at her coat and she's like it's really really hot in here is it so hot in here and he's like why don't you just calm down <laughs> and she's like it's so hot and she's starting to really freak out and she's like and johnny johnny's still out there he's still out there we have to go get johnny and he's like i think you should just calm down and she jumps up and says, no, we have to get Johnny. Listen to me, Johnny's out there. And starts trying to push it past him to get to the door. And he he blocks her, and she slaps him across the face. And he pauses and looks at her, and he punches her in the face. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! I love it. And uh, she either either <laughs> knocks her out, or she might faint. I think she faints. I think she is not knocked out, but then like looks at him like, <gasps> and then faints. That's and...
0: a, such a surprising move. <laughs> oh
2: my god! <laughs> I know, but it is like she's putting both of them in danger. Like there's nothing good yeah. going to come out of her. Like. Panic, walking out of this front door, she's Mm going to potentially just get them both killed. But so a punch is
3: a big choice. (laughs) It's
0: a big big choice. It's a
2: big choice for sure. I'm like totally shocked he punches her. (laughs) Oh my god, it's shocking. But then he scoops her up and he lays her down and he takes her little coat off because she said she was hot. Okay. And then he finds a radio in the house and turns it on and it's working and we hear the radio um people on the radio the people on the radio what do you call a radio person (laughs) reporter i guess it's like a news disc jockey
0: (laughs) the (laughs) radio dj
2: stops spinning his sweet sweet (laughs) tunes and host yeah it's like it's like a it's like a yeah an announcer radio announcer reporter He says that the news stations or the radio stations around are kind of pooling their resources so that they'll be able to stay on the air and give constant updates about what's going on and says there seems to be an epidemic of mass murder with no explanation. People are just killing people randomly in the streets. And we do have a description of the people and they are ordinary looking people (laughs) and some people describe them as maybe being in a trance Mm. ben looks out the window through i mean there's like a there's boards up over most of the windows he's kind of said he he had said earlier like we'll we'll have to reinforce them more later but this will be good for the time being he's kind of looking out through one of the little slats in the windows and sees uh more of the ghouls coming Um, seems like whenever they make a lot of noise, more comes. So she was just really screaming at him and I think probably gave their position away. Mm -hmm. So now more are coming. And so he and he sees that the the body that he had lit on fire outside is out. And so he decides that he needs to make another fire to keep them away. And he rolls a little armchair up to the front door, covers in in lighter fluid, lights it, puts it out on the front patio, and keeps them, they all back off again. And then he's kind of exploring the house a, a bit, looking in closets, seeing what he can find, if he can get any, I don't know, anything. And he finds in one of the closets a a few pairs of women's shoes and Barbara has lost her shoes, I think, in this in running from the car. And so he finds her a pair of shoes, pulls that out for her. And also in the closet is a shotgun
3: and right. all, all
2: the all what the an interesting bullets. closet. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> shoes every, and a shotgun. Everything you need, everything you need. <laughs> and he goes back out to uh the the living area where barbara's on the couch and she's woken back up again kind of catatonic and um he gives her shoes says i got here's shoes for you i'm going to go upstairs like i can't tell if you can understand what i'm saying but i'll be upstairs i'm i'm checking for supplies and if anything happens i'll be able to hear it just call out if you need me and she doesn't respond he he goes upstairs and oh, if I'm
3: him, I am so anxious about being in a house with her. <laughs> I'm like, what is this lady going to do to us?
2: Yeah, yeah, it is. It's stressful. So he goes upstairs and he moves the the dead body from upstairs, kind of uh, out out of right as you walk up the stairs, kind of just drags it away into another room or something, and he's... Digging around up there, and Barbara is kind of looking around downstairs and looks at the cellar door and hears something. Mm. And the cellar door starts to slowly open, and you see a hand come out. And then we go back upstairs and just hear her screaming, and Ben runs down, and I think he still has a shotgun, he runs down... And there's two men coming out of the of the cellar, and they both put their hands up and they say like, "Don't shoot! Don't shoot!" Like we're it's it's we're we were just hiding down there for for safety. We are not we're not ghouls or whatever. And so they all kind of settle down. And he says, "How long have you been down there?" And they kind of say, one of them says, "You know, we heard we heard screaming and we heard a lot of banging." And he says, you heard screaming and you didn't think you should come upstairs to, like, check that everything was okay. And he said, oh, no, like, we couldn't actually really hear anything down there. It was really hard to hear. And they're just a little weird. And Ben is like, oh, okay. And these two men are named Harry and Tom. And Harry is kind of... More suspicious, more kind of out for himself, Tom is kind of like, "Oh, we've got more people here. This is good. Harry's kind of like keeping to himself. You
3: know, were they friends before meeting in this cellar? I or don't think so.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. And they say that they're the rest they have other people down in the cellar, too. There's also Harry's wife and daughter, and their do- the daughter is sick, and Tom's girlfriend Judy.
3: There's also a character named Judy. <laughs> <laughs> so many Judys. <laughs>
2: played oh by played God. by a real life Judy. Okay. Uh, ben is, <laughs> Ben is says you know great. You guys can help me reinforce the windows. If we get this place like fully reinforced, we'll be safe here. And Harry is not on board with this plan. He says we need to say, stay in the cellar. That's the safest place. And they get in this pretty big argument about whether being in the house is safer or being in the cellar is safer. And I really did go back and forth. At, f- at first, I wasn't sure. And basically, Ben says if we're in the cellar, uh, there's no, there's only one door, only one way in yeah, and out. No way yeah, there's only one out. point of
3: entry. Yeah, yeah.
2: And up here, we could get out multiple ways if something were to happen, and we can always go into the cellar if we need to and
1: mm-hmm.
2: and Harry's just says, you know, no, that if we all go into the cellar, we could guard the door. It, it's we can reinforce that door, it'll be very safe. And um so Harry's like, "Hell no, I'm not. I'm I'm staying in the cellar. You guys can stay up here." And Tom says, "I think I I think I will stay up here. I, I I'll help you reinforce the windows." And as they say that, Some hands burst through the windows, through the little gaps in the in the boarding up and a few ghouls are trying to break in and Ben grabs the gun and aims it and shoots one of them basically in the heart. And it kind of stumbles back and then keeps coming forward and he shoots it in the heart again. Same thing. And so he shoots it right between the eyes And then it does die and falls, collapses dead. So we're getting some info there that headshot might be the only way to kill them. Classic zombie situation. Classic zombies. Classic zombies. Gotta get them in the head. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But with all this noise now, gunshots and some screaming, and uh, there's now a lot more of the ghouls coming. We see maybe... 15 or 20 approaching. And um Harry Harry says, you know, I'm I'm going I'm going downstairs. I'm going into the cellar. I don't care what you guys say. And Tom says, Okay, I, I'm staying up here. Harry goes down, sends up Judy, Tom's girlfriend, and Harry goes down and boards up the boards up the door. There's like uh, little place, little slats that you can slide in, board, little reinforcements for the cellar door so that you can take on and off. So you, he didn't, he doesn't have to hammer reinforcements on it, just a little thing that you slide in. Um, and so in the cellar we meet his wife and daughter Helen and Karen and Helen seems to be pissed at harry already and harry i mean harry is kind of an asshole and basically is like yeah they wanted to stay out there i told him uh, we got to be down here this is the safest place and she's like and that's important to you right to always be right and everybody else is wrong like i know that's very <laughs> important to you <laughs> like bickering all right <laughs> and he says yeah i mean the radio said that you know they're they're Reporting that this is happening everywhere, so we don't know it's safest down here. And she's like, "Wait, wait, wait!" The radio—they have a radio up there. And he says, "Yeah." And she's like, "Well, get out of the way! Like, I got to go up there. Like, are you crazy? Like, I want to hear what's happening." And she basically like pushes Harry out. Of there. She's like, "I'm going upstairs." Moves the things from the door and goes upstairs and asks Judy to go down and watch. Karen, their daughter, while she can kind of come upstairs and listen to the the radio report for a while, Judy says, fine, goes down and watches Karen. And at this point, Barbara is laying on the couch and playing with like a doily and just like looking at the little cloth and like running it in her fingers. And Helen kind of walks up and looks at her and is like, oh boy. and. They say that they found a television, and so so Tom and Ben are rolling out a television and plug it in, and they get a full news report now, and through this we learn persons who have recently died are returning to life. Okay. And... Um, everyone's kind of watching this news report, really disturbed. And in the news report, they say we're, they're setting up rescue stations and saying, like, if you can make your way to one of these rescue stations, there's there's medical care there. They're guarded, so they're safe. And so they, they start listing the stations and they're, they f- hear the one that's closest to them. It's 17 miles away. And Oof. their truck that they have has basically no gas and so be, or the, the, it's like the car that the truck that ben had driven there and he said the reason i pulled in here was because i saw there is a gas pump but it's locked so we need to figure out how to unlock that get gas in there and then we can take that and drive that to the rescue station also on the news we hear that a satellite exploded on its way back from mars i mean venus and could the radiation be responsible for what's happening now? So that's one could big it? satellite with a lot of radiation involved. Yeah, I guess so. Feels
3: like a pretty dangerous satellite.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Hmm. So, um, Helen goes back down to her daughter Karen and says, "Like Judy, you can go back upstairs." And we hear Helen say, "Like maybe she's." like we don't know what's wrong with her she might just be in shock like it was a really scary day she's just karen's just laying um she's got Mm. like a a fever (laughs) Mm. and so judy can go up and, and watch the news report as well they're getting more information and they the the reporter says after people die it's only a matter of minutes before they come back to life And so you need to burn their bodies. And someone says, a a couple minutes, that doesn't give you much time to make funeral arrangements. And they're like, no, like there there will be no funerals. Like, you need to burn their bodies immediately after they die. What
3: a specific radiation.
2: (laughs) Very specific radiation. And Ben is kind of taking charge again. He says, okay, is there a fruit cellar here? We need to make some Molotov cocktails. And I just, I don't know what a fruit cellar is. It's it's a term that uh, they use in Psycho as well. It seems like it's different from the cellar because they talk about they're in the cellar. He knows there's a cellar. So he says, but is there a fruit cellar? A separate type of cellar? But how about
3: a fruit cellar?
2: (laughs) Which I guess is where you keep your fruit, like, because he says we need like bottles like and, j- and stuff. canned things. Yeah, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, maybe
3: when people used to do yeah canning and stuff more regularly, right? And in psycho, they,
2: they do go down. there. Jars. It does seem like there's there's jars, shelves of jars. Anyways, I just shelves of jars. <laughs> just had not heard of a, a fruit seller before, and apparently it was a it was a thing in the sixties. And so he says we need to make um molotov cocktails so you can someone can as tom and i try to get the truck to the gas pump unlock the gas pump like we'll need someone covering our backs so ready to fucking throw these things throw these molotov cocktails and so they do that they're they're they find some some bottles they start whipping up some molotov cocktails
3: how what is that?
2: Is fabric dipped in lighter fluid in a bottle? Yeah. I think it can be also just alcohol, just anything flammable. Right, right, right.
3: Flammable and you put like a little cloth in it in a bottle so that you light the tip of the cloth and then you
2: Uh-huh. And then throw as it you in throw it, it it, explo- it like lights a fire. Hmm. Yeah, apparently. I Dangerous. Mean, <laughs> I've only, only <laughs> seen it in movies, but I imagine yeah. that it does something. So it seems bad if you're on the receiving end. Sure um so tom and judy have a little talk before he goes out he's like i gotta do this judy's scared judy says i don't know i think like this sounds really dangerous i don't know if you you should do this and he's reassuring her they're having a sweet moment and he says you know this is this is what's going to save us um if we stay here we're that's we're gonna die so we need to like i promise i'm i'm gonna protect you they have a nice kiss and yeah you're not feeling good about About this. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Nice knowing you. We
2: wish you the best. We wish, oh, we wish (laughs) him the best. We really do. We really wish him the best. And uh, so Ben and Tom are getting ready to go out the front door. And as Tom heads out, uh, Judy like sticks her head out and they just had to have one last look at each other really driving it home and i was like oh boy whatever's about to happen is <laughs> not, not gonna, be, gonna good. be good and they have one long look and we see harry is upstairs with the, the molotov cocktails at the ready and ben and tom make a run for the truck and Harry is throwing Molotov cocktails at any of the ghouls that are getting too close to them, kind of making these little firewalls for them to safely get to the truck. And at the last second, Judy runs out that front door (gasps) and tom looks very upset and ben is ben tom is in the truck already ben hasn't gotten in the truck yet and ben kind of looks at her and she see like she gets past the front porch and you can see that she really regrets her decision she kind of like oh <laughs> God. turns back and looks at the front door which they've closed and boarded again because they can't just leave the door open and she kind of looks like oh oh fuck and ben says if you're gonna come come like get in the truck and so the three of them get in the truck and Uh start driving towards the the back of the property is where the gas pump is and um you know there's fire around them there's a lot of ghouls now it's very stressful they they get to the the gas pump and uh tom and ben jump out and ben has the shotgun and shoots at the, the pump where the lock, like, shoots off the lock of the pump so that they can get it. And he's like, okay, like, get it, get the gas. And the way that Tom fucks this up is oh, no. is incredible. I mean, it's it looks like he didn't even try to do a good job. <laughs> he's panicked. He's panicked. But he basically grabs the gas pump and just immediately starts spraying gasoline everywhere (laughs) and and he's running towards the car and he sprays gasoline all over the car and ben is like what what are you like well careful careful they have a they have a torch with them to for light and he's like careful of the torch and tom just like drops the torch onto the big (laughs) line of gasoline that he's just poured everywhere including all over the car car catches on fire the ground catches on fire and it's and he's Tom says we got to get we got to get away from the pump because there's you know obviously like a, a reserve of gasoline underground or wherever and and so Ben is like taking a blanket trying to pat out the fire that's leading back to the pump Tom hops in the car with with Judy and the car that's covered in gasoline yes and starts driving back to the house with oh, her God and uh is trying to like make a mad dash to get back to the house. And he, he, um, jumps out of the car to go run inside. And Judy is frozen in fear. (gasps) And he goes back in to get her and the car explodes. Uh, (laughs) Oh my God. Both of them in it. Well, they died together. They died together and they sure did love each other. As we saw by that final little look. And
0: I think this is the part of the movie where the kids started to be a little upset, more traumatized, probably probably. not liking it. This is the turn. This is when they were like, wait a minute. This is a wait Wait a minute.
1: (laughs) Wait a second.
0: Hold on. These teens aren't supposed to die. (sighs) These adult
2: adult teens. Adult
1: teens.
2: (laughs) Some Riverdale looking teens, actually even older, even older than Riverdale.
3: Riverdale is still at least in their 20s.
2: Yeah, these look like full 30s, but I guess they weren't. <laughs> um, so to say? Ben sees this happen. Harry sees it happen from the, the house and everyone looks horrified. Ben starts making he's gotten the little the the fire out that was going back to the pump. So that's not going to explode. So that's good. But he's there's ghouls everywhere now. And he's outside, and now there's no truck for them to drive to any rescue centers. so he's just got to get back into the house. So he runs towards the house, and we see Harry, inside the house, kind of run down to the front door to let him in, and then change his mind and kind of step back. (gasps) And Ben is banging on the front door, like, let me in, let me in. And Harry's just, like, taking a step back and a step back and kind of retreating. Eventually, Ben breaks the door down and cl- it gets inside closes it and immediately has to start boarding it up again and harry comes to help him board it up because we all, we all need the door boarded up and so they're both like hammering and trying to get this door boarded back up and as soon as they get it boarded up ben just starts beating the shit out of harry <laughs> oh
3: my god if he'll punch barbara <laughs> he'll punch harry yeah amen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: This is a tense situation. He'll punch anybody. He'll punch anybody yeah. if he has to. Mm-hmm. And we see outside the ghouls going into that truck and pulling out little, I don't know, body parts and start eating Tom some barbecue, tom, some some barbecue, barbecue burnt up. tom and judy it really looks obviously like just regular food it looks like chicken drumsticks and like like chicken drumsticks <laughs> and, and like little sausage links are supposed to be the intestines i'm sure there's a lot of chocolate sauce used in this scene chocolate sauce on mm. sausage links gross. Ew, yeah i bet that is what they had to eat
0: ew that's so gross <laughs>
2: um back on the t inside they they've got the tv on still and or the reporter says there's team there's like rescue teams heading out like teams of large groups of people with guns and they said we've kind of figured out that you have to shoot them in the head to kill them and the radiation has like messed with their their brain stem or the brain of a ghoul is activated by radiation so if you kill the brain. You kill the ghoul. And so these rescue teams are coming out that are just like basically walking and shooting them right in the head. And Mm -hmm. so this is good. This is good news. Maybe we're getting, as we're getting more information, it seems like we're better equipped to maybe get this under control. Um, But as they're watching this, it's now just um, Ben, Harry, Helen, and Barbara. and And Karen's still down in the cellar. Karen's still down in the cellar. And the light the power goes off, uh, oh no, and we see that the there's even more ghouls. I mean, there's been an explosion now. I think if they're attracted to noise, they are really attracted to what's happening here, and everyone's mm-hmm. start like freaking out, and Harry whispers to Helen like we gotta get we gotta get that shotgun, shotgun. and is s- seemingly planning something not he's not a team player is what's happening not a team player
0: no no he's not
2: and uh there they we again see kind of hands bursting through the windows these ghouls are closing in uh harry uh or excuse me ben is kind of trying to reinforce the main window that they're coming through and is looking to harry for help is like help me help me and harry won't go to help him and because ben had a gun in one hand and was kind of holding the 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 door with the other and he needs both hands so he sets the gun down to use both of his hands man and you see harry's eyes just little light up and you see what the helen notice it too and helen looks like not not happy with her husband's plan but she sees what's Going through his head She has not seemed happy with him this whole no, time She is not happy with him <laughs> She sees what's about to happen She looks very stressed Harry goes for that shotgun Grabs it Points it right at Ben And <gasps> says like do what you want Like we're going in the cellar And like you're I, 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 it's, like, it's such an unnecessary conflict here Like I don't know why he does that Yeah. But he basically is about to shoot Ben And Ben uh, like lunges at him Knocks the gun out of his hand Gets it from him and shoots Him and shoots, oh, my God. Yeah, shoots Harry in the Stomach and Oh whoa and uh, Barbara's screaming Helen's screaming Harry stumbles Backwards into the cellar oh, Shot in the stomach As yeah, we've said it's a bad one That's line. bad he stumbles back and And falls in Into the cellar and we see oh with his daughter great mm-hmm. and we see helen is starting to get attacked through openings in the in the windows hands are grabbing her and pulling her barbara has a moment of of lucidity and she kind of sees that helen is in trouble gets up and and hits their arms away and is able to get helen free and but in doing so she is also now being grabbed by them but Helen gets free and runs down into that cellar to 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 her husband and he is being eaten by his daughter. Oh gross. <laughs> is he still alive at He's this point? He's not alive. She has eaten off his okay. whole arm and she is just Ew. Num, 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 num. <laughs> Oh gross. Bad day for Helen. Really gobbling it down. <laughs> Helen screams as says, "Karen, what's uh, what's happening?" Karen turns her attention to Helen. And I mean, Helen, you got to know. You got to know. do you know. mean, caring what's happening? <laughs> She's eating your husband. You figured it out. Uh, you, you figured, figured it out. out by now. I think you know.
3: Do we only become a zombie, a ghoul if you've already died? Did the fever kill her and three minutes later she became a ghoul?
2: Yeah, I guess maybe. so. Wow. Or, yeah. Or maybe, yeah, she'd been bit. Yeah, it's only a, a matter of minutes. She might have been bit or... It might just be that anyone that dies of any I think they say that that anyone that dies mysterious radiation, they get this radiation and turn it reanimates them. So she turns her direction to her, her, her attention to her mom. Karen does and grabs like a little looks like a pointed shovel, like a little spade and raises it over her head. And Helen says, no, Karen. And she brings it down and she stabs her a whole bunch of times. And it's, it's quite intense for, I think, a movie from the, the 60s. It's, it's a pretty it's an upsetting scene.
3: The kids are not liking this. Kids, no, the kids are not having a good time at this are point. are really
2: saying what the frick is going on. <laughs> this
3: isn't fun the anymore. The one person we
2: related to. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> so upstairs now, it's only Ben and Barbara. Barbara is being grabbed by a, a few different sets of hands. It uh, looks like she's about to be pulled outside, and they break the door open, the ghouls, and grab her. And we see that she is pulled outside by none other than her brother, who is now a ghoul. Yeah, very and much And she so, is yes. pulled out, screaming, Johnny, no, Johnny, no. Pulled out. Ben sees this. Is like oh fuck the doors open they're now starting to pour in and he realizes he's got to go in that cellar that's that's the only spot that he can reinforce now it's his best shot so he goes in he starts boarding up that door putting all those little little pl- planks of wood in place and there's a there's a lot of ghouls in here and they're banging on the door but um it looks reinforced pretty well um he goes downstairs and sees the the horrible scene happening down (laughs) down there and first sees harry and oh actually before he went into the cellar he saw karen karen came out of the cellar and was like sneaking up behind him and he sees her just in time and kind of throws her out of the way so he goes into the cellar and we know that karen is not in the cellar so that is harry and helen yeah the parents are down there and he sees harry and harry shoots up without an arm and starts going for him and he just shoots him right in between the eyes headshot not a hard call for Ben, no today. hesitation. No. <laughs> no hesitation at all. And then, um, he sees Helen, who is covered in blood, and he looks uh, a little more more sad about this one. And then Helen wakes right up as well and comes for him. and again, no hesitation shoots her in the head. Mm-hmm. Ben doesn't fuck you around.
3: Gotta do it. Ben's doing pretty, pretty good. Ben's doing
2: pretty good, so he's just down there now, and basically, waiting for this rescue squad, I guess. Oh, yeah, and we see that the sun... We see that the sun is now starting to come up. Oh, yay! It's starting to be daytime. You love to see it! And... But we're still, like, hearing all the ghouls upstairs banging on the door, and it's, it's a dire situation. And then it just cuts to the next morning, and we get some, like, exterior shots, and it seems quite calm and peaceful, and we're not sure, like... Are the ghouls still in the house? Did they leave the house? What's going on? And we see a helicopter in the sky, and we see this the rescue team kind of sp- sp- spread out across uh, the the fields and the farms, and kind of basically making a sweep through the the rural rural, rural roads, the rural roads, <laughs> and um.
3: Then we... That just reminded me of. Sorry, did you guys watch Thirty Rock? Uh
2: huh. Uh-huh. Oh, the rural juror. Jenna's rural... movie, the rural juror, and nobody knows yeah. what it's called. The rural
3: juror. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a good joke! What a stupid, stupid joke! Oh anyway. my god, it is
2: really funny though. <laughs> and we see that it, back in the house, there's like a few lingering ghouls, but they've kind of spread out. They're all kind of have wandered off on their own in different directions. So we see that this rescue team is like pretty easily killing them one by one because they're not in a swarm anymore. They've all kind of fanned out. And Ben hears the the helicopter and he starts, he, he has a shotgun and he's like nervously nervously opens the door, peeks out. He doesn't see any ghouls and kind of makes his way it's it's still dark in the house because all the windows and, and doors are still boarded up for the most part. Um, some lights coming in and he kind of is is peeking out of one of the windows with his gun uh, aimed outside in case of any ghouls. And outside the rescue team says, looks like there's another one in that house. And the one of the guys on the rescue team loads his gun and he says, yeah, shoot him. Make sure you get it right between the eyes. Shoots shoots him right between the eyes. The guy says, "Good shot." Oh my god, it's fucking heartbreaking. Dies. Oh, yep. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) That's so dark. And then it goes to still images similar to the trailer of them coming in and basically. They they had said before like another one for the fire because they got to burn those bodies and they come in with like meat hooks and like drag Ew. him out on a oh. hook and you see them pulling no. all these bodies onto a pile and, and burn them. And that's the end of the movie. Oh
3: <laughs> my God.
0: Yeah, that is messed up. That is it's so, such a nihilistic ending.
2: it's so crazy and you know what so we had we had um oh god we had talked about this movie a little bit after watching horror noir the documentary talked about it and it says the ending of it in horror noir so i Uh, yeah and i remembered but i i kind of forgot right at the end
3: as we started approaching this i was like oh wait i think this ends Badly for him, and, but
2: oh my god! And so I remembered it like right before. It was very funny. He, as he like comes upstairs, and you can see them getting close, and him. Co- and I like remembered it at the moment. I was like, "Oh motherfucker!" Like I got so <laughs> mad because <laughs> I really, for a moment, was tricked. That is so upsetting. I was tricked. I thought it was going to be okay. It's
0: so upsetting. It's I... I. I didn't know it was that bad of a death too. That he's shot in the head and then the meat hook and then burned on with a bunch of other bodies. Mm-hmm. That's ex- that's extremely upsetting. Right. Yeah.
3: Fucking Christ!
0: You guys, there were like six year olds in the audience. <laughs> <for
3: this movie. laughs> yeah, not good. Not good. I
2: hope they left by the end. I hope they're okay today.
3: I hope they're doing okay. Is that why boomers are such a tough
2: generation? This exact movie. It's because yeah, because of this, of this yeah. movie.
3: Oh,
0: my God. Whoa. whoa!
2: But I like that it has some of these kind of classic things that have gone on to... I mean, and I don't know that this is the first movie that did any of these things, but I like that it has this kind of opening scene that's kind of different from the rest of the movie. It kind of reminds me of, you know, Scream and those kind of things where the, the opening mm-hmm. scene is almost like a self-contained little short film type thing. I like yeah. that. and and then also just the bleak ending which that is
3: un I feel like we haven't had a movie with such a bleak ending in in a while. That's true. For whatever reason even like Saint Maud didn't feel as bleak because she it, we all knew she, she was heading she was towards on the precipice a precipice or something yeah. bad. Yeah. yeah. But like holy shit he made it. He survived.
0: Despite all odds, despite, like, all the boundaries put up also with from the humans that were in the house with him.
3: Um, Yeah, like, the only true survivor of this whole fucking thing. um, Also, kind
0: of like Psycho, this movie, you start in the beginning, you think the protagonist is gonna be Barbara. Yeah! And then she doesn't get killed off right away, like, what happens in Psycho, but you still, like, clearly you transition to Ben being mm-hmm. the protagonist mm-hmm. yeah. because she just becomes like catatonic mm-hmm. and useless mm-hmm. and then just <laughs> dies mm-hmm. and then dies eventually. Um,
3: Damn, damn, damn. Yeah. Ben didn't deserve it. Bleak one, bleak one.
0: Yeah. But you can also see, I mean, it feels like obvious, but you can see a lot of the ways that you can see this movie as a metaphor for, racial inequity yeah. and whiteness white supremacy right. and i mean it's so on the face now right
2: and it's so interesting that that's like not the movie that he set out yeah. to make and it just like, kind I'm of became that by this casting if he were white
3: it would still obviously be bleak but yeah i it, it definitely would just be like oh man oof
0: also because he's like He's doing fucking everything while the white people are fucking useless. Like he's the one who's actually boarding up the house. He's the one who's keeping his cool, has the intelligence to like know what's going on, but nonetheless is not trusted by anyone in the Mm -hmm. house and is treated like a piece of shit Mm -hmm. by everyone and not respected. Mm -hmm. And it's like he has to do everything on his own. Right. And then then dies. (laughs) Ben is murdered by a stupid white person at the end, despite all everything he's accomplished. God, it makes me mad. Wow.
2: It is, yeah. I Oof. mean, it's great. I'm really glad that I watched it. I mean, again, I just don't think that I yeah. would have ever seen it. And this podcast has just expanded all of our horizons so much. Oh, I love this podcast. I love it, too. Um, <laughs> I fucking love this podcast. I also just...
0: I also just want to say that I also read that in an interview in the New York Times, um, Jordan Peel talks about how um, Night of the Living Dead really influenced Get Out, mm. um, specifically saying like all, w- what happens when all social norms break down when this event happens and a man is caged up in a house with a white woman who's terrified, but you're not sure how much she's terrified at the monsters on the outside or if she's terrified of the man on the mm. inside who's now mm. the hero. Right.
2: I remember Jordan Peele being interviewed in *Horror Noir* and actually saying, referencing the ending of this movie as I was going to say, also yeah. part of why he ended *Get Out* differently, right? Like that he was like, "We've seen this yeah. ending, and I wanted to do something different because it's it's, too it's upsetting. very upsetting. It's too yeah, dark. If,
3: if *Get Out* had ended with him with those actually being the cops, it would be it would feel a lot like this, right? Yeah, of like look mm-hmm. at all he fucking did and made it through, and then. This yeah, wow, Sammy! Yikes. Thank you for doing doing this one for hey, us. Hey, Of course, it's, it's cool to go back to some of the some of the classics. Classics.
2: Now I want to mm-hmm. watch Shaun of the Dead yeah. too.
3: I do too. We just rewatched Hot Fuzz the other day, and it was such a god. It's a fun so
2: good time. So good.
3: Such a fun time.
2: Yeah, I'm excited. I think Edgar Wright actually has a horror movie that's supposed to be coming out whenever movies come out again.
3: When then things can happen, I think that
2: you're right.
0: Um, there weren't too many. Were there any spooky voices? No, we this? could do some
2: ghouly, ghouly moans. I can I just say also
0: calling them ghouls like is so not scary. The word ghoul is not scary
2: anymore. <laughs> yeah. It feels a very ghoul. like Halloweeny. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it feels
2: very. It's, it feels like a, ch- a children's version of a of a monster, yeah. a ghoul. Yeah. Goblins and ghouls, mm-hmm. but it
3: really is like kind of a gross word. Like it does sort of it, take that context Ooh. out. It's just like a ghoul. <laughs> like, uh <laughs> Yeah. Yeah.
2: No thanks. um so, Okay, ghoulie, okay. ghoulie, okay. goodbye. Okay, ghoulies, from all of us here at Too Scary to Watch,
1: goodbye. 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 Hello, and thank you for listening to another episode of Too Scary. Didn't watch the podcast for people who are too scared of scary movies, so we watch scary movies so that you don't have to, because sometimes a movie is just too scary that you have to turn to your favorite podcast. Too scary! Didn't watch if you like the show and you would like to... Support us. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or rate or review us on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on social media at TSDW Podcast. Again, that is too scary. Didn't watch? We are on Instagram and Twitter or for bonus content and fun other things. You can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash TSTW Podcast or search for Too Scary didn't watch patreon that might work too (laughs) otherwise we will see you here next week for a new episode of too scary didn't watch we will see you then goodbye